0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Today is 16 March 2020. How's everybody doing? I'm your host, Jay Jones, Sr. And welcome to Life 101. Little things to get you through one day at a time. How's everybody doing? I'm a little disappointed, people, if no one's hit me on my Mr. J page. And my last homework assignment was to tell me what you're thankful about. Go to my Mr. J page, that's M-I-S-T-E-R-J-A-Y, look for the red 1970 Cadillac Coupe de Ville Convertible, a classic in its own right. And hit me up and let me know what you think about what I'm saying to you. How's everybody doing? I hope everybody had a good weekend, and here's to an even more wonderful week. And we're going to start out by saying happy 86th birthday to my future mother in law, Mrs. Rebecca Hogue, which was on Sunday. And I hope to God that I am as spry and as lively and as of sound mind as she is when and if I reach that age. Once again, happy birthday to your mother in law, dear. You know, I know most of you have been in this position when you're in a hurry and you're trying to hurry up and get somewhere and you're driving behind someone that's out sightseeing. Well, I was in it today and you know what? Ain't no sense in getting bent out of shape about it because you know what? I should have left a little bit earlier because, uh, Ain't no sense in stressing because they're not going to speed up. You cannot telepathically tell them to get out of your way or pull over or what have you. So deal with it, suck it up, and just keep on going. Just better late than never, folks. It's better to get there safe and sound than risking getting a $100, $200 ticket because the last ticket I got— a few years back was in Cleveland Heights and it cost me a hundred and ninety-six dollars. And that has took my foot off the gas pedal. If nothing else was going to do it, that big fine. So people leave early enough. Just slow down. Get there. Get there. You know what I'm saying? Get there safe. Get there alive. Drive like you're supposed to. You know. Today I'm gonna talk a little bit about kids. You know, you children who get all upset and been out of shape because you're tired of your parents' rule, and you think it's just going to be a walk in the park to move out and find an apartment, oh no. Because uh, D and I have been like, we're trying to find my son an apartment, and boy, is it a harrowing, teeth-pulling experience. Because uh, nowadays, the rents, they aren't what they were when I was moving out some ooh, almost 40 years ago. And uh, ooh, utilities, groceries, <laughs> It's a whole lot to it. You guys think that, oh, I'm just going to move out. It's not that simple, people. It's really not that simple. You know, first of all, you want to find a, a decent dwelling. That in itself is a chore. Then you gotta make sure that you're making enough money to cover your living expenses. And that's the one thing that becomes quite a shock to each and every one of us once we move out of our parents' house. (laughs) because it was for me. The refrigerator doesn't magically refill itself, and you have to pay to turn those lights on, and you have to pay to have that uh, hot water and those long 20-minute showers that you've gotten used to taking. It's not as simple as it seems, and take it from someone who's been there, people. You don't know as much as your parents at 17 or 18, even 16. You may think you do just because you get good grades in school, but life is a whole nother round of learning experiences. And if you know like I know, don't grumble about having to take out that garbage. Don't grumble about washing the dishes and keeping your room clean or cleaning the basement or what have you. Because whether you know it or not, you're in the best place possible. The best place, because once those bills start coming in your name, it's a whole nother different ball game. And where you think you're going to be able to leave your your stereo on, you know, uh, at high volume, as long as you want to. ah, 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 Don't work like that, because most times there's an apartment manager or you've got that neighbor that has no problem calling the police because you're disturbing the peace and you'll get that knock on your door. And uh, believe me, they can take you out in bracelets if you fail to comply with disturbing the peace, especially at 2 o'clock in the morning. And when you get those bills, they do compound. Interest is added each 1% each day that you're late paying your light bill or your gas bill. So if you think, oh, it'll be all right, I'll catch it next month. And then you get to wondering, why is it so high? And needless to say, if you don't have money for groceries, uh, you won't get out of that checkout line. So believe what I tell you, it isn't everything it's cracked up to be in. And sometimes shut your mouth, listen to your parents because they do indeed know what they're talking about. (laughs) And you might learn a little something because that's one thing I've often thought to myself Ma really did know what she was talking about, and I'd probably be a lot better off if I had listened instead of thinking I knew everything at 16, 17, and 18, even 19, people. <laughs> the thing is, you have to understand, parents have walked the road that, you have, that you're starting to walk. And all they're trying to do is smooth the way out so that you won't hit the same bumps and roadblocks that they did. And guess what? It's okay to sit back and listen. You know, you might find out your parents are a little bit cooler than you thought. Because guess what? The things that you're going through, they've been there and done it too. You know, a lot of you think that, that times, have, times haven't times have changed It's just the faces in the places, people. The same same teenage angst that you're going through now, your mother, your father, your grandmother, your grandfather, they went through it too. And back in their times, back in my times, there were a lot more restrictions. See, you youngsters today, you have a lot more distractions in front of you. And it's our job as parents to lock you down and keep you from being distracted. You know, like right now with this coronavirus and schools are being closed and you're thinking, wow, it's going to be free for all. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. You know, my daughter, we've, we've got things for her to do each and every day. We've got her reading certain books. She has to do quiet time. She has to do research because people, if you don't. Keep your mind exercised. It's just like your body, it will go to flab and fat. And while we're talking about education, I'll tell you another teeth pulling experience. And that is trying to finance a college education because it is amazing how much schools cost now. I mean, my hair has gotten a little grayer and I'm bald. (laughs) you know, because just trying to figure out how my daughter is going to go afford the cost of college. As a matter of fact, one of the schools she wants to go to is uh, 55000 a year. And another one that she's thinking about is $51,000 a year. And that is amazing to me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I guess I I go back to talking about how athletes and entertainers are making crazy amounts of money. And the thing that really bothers me is why is the cost of education so high? I mean, in order for my daughter to attend, excuse me, her top three choices of school, One place she's going to have to average over her four-year period loans totaling $20,000 a year. So that means when she graduates one school, she'll be $80,000 in debt. And then there's another school that she's thinking about where it'll be $19,000 a year. So she'll be like $76,000 in debt when she graduates. And then her her third choice, she's going to have to take out loans in the amount of thirteen thousand dollars a year. That's fifty two thousand dollars in debt. My son, who just graduated from college last year, has to pay is in debt sixty thousand dollars, and it's just. Amazing to me. I mean, we 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 take all this money uh, going to Mars, wanting to see what's going on in Mars. That's billions of dollars. We how come we can't do something about this high cost of education? I mean, we want our children to better themselves, but we kind of put them behind the eight ball, trying to, for them to try to better themselves. We need to come up with a better solution just like all this foreign aid that we send all over the place. Hey, charity starts at home. We got to take care of our home first before we can take care of other people. Because it's amazing to me. Like I said, $20,000, $19,000, $13,000. I mean, that that's just that that just don't make sense to me. That 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 just don't make sense. We should it should be uh, education should be affordable. It it really should be more affordable than this, where children have to start out their lives in debt. Does that, does that make good sense to you? Because, I mean, the majority of us cannot afford to write a check and send our children to school. You know, uh, you you think about Starting college funds for your children, and oh I'm gonna put a little away here or there, but life happens. Life happens, you know, you, you I wasn't able to do that. you know i I want I, I didn't choose to be a single father, but life happens, and you can't do this. I mean we we got to come up with something better. I mean, it, it's just it it just baffles me. we We, we spend money on unnecessary things. And, and and we we shackle our children with this this debt. Come on, I mean, I just think our priorities are screwed up. I I, I really think our priorities are just in the crapper, and we've got to we got to get better at this, y'all. I mean, oh, I mean, if 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 you can afford it to send your children to college, by all means do, by all means, but. For the people that can't afford it, they shouldn't be penalized. The cost of education should not be fifty five thousand, or fifty-one thousand. It it should not seventeen thousand dollars a year for education. Come on. I mean, y'all tax us enough. I mean, if we, we can we can give all this money to the Ukraine, all these millions of hundreds of millions of dollars, why in the world? Why in the world is it causing people to have to take a second mortgage out on their homes just to secure an education for their children? I mean, we all as parents, if you're a parent worth your salt, you want better for your children than you've had. But don't twist our arm and make it impossible for us to do it for our children. Don't do that. And I do agree with something Senator Warren used to say during her presidential run. It's amazing that the people that can afford to pay higher taxes scheme, cheat, shuck, jive, and do everything they can to get out of paying their fair share in taxes. And we're squeezing Mr. and Mrs. Joe middle class who can't afford to be squeezed any further. I mean, okay, you got federal Pell grants. You got subsidized federal direct loans, unsubsidized direct loans. I mean, 18, 19-year-old children don't have a clue about all of this kind of stuff. I'm 50-something years old, and I don't have a clue about a lot of these things. I mean— Come on, people, let's get our priorities together. How many times have you heard me say that we're, our children are our future? And if we choose not to invest in them properly, then our future is going to be terrible. Because at the end of the day, guess what? If we don't educate our children, and we don't make life better for them, we're going to have some bitter, resentful children looking out for us when we're seniors. And when our mind is starting to go and our bodies are starting to go, they're not going to feel obligated to want to help us because we've crapped on them during their their formative time in life. I mean, heaven forbid, you know, I get to the point where I need my children to take care of me. I would hope and pray that they would, you know, do the right thing and look out for me. But I mean, whew, come on, y'all. We got to do something about this. And that's that's my little homework assignment for tonight. How do we provide a better future for our children? Do do you agree with me that people that can afford to pay higher taxes, who are skirting the tax laws and paying almost next to nothing in taxes— don't you agree that they need to be paying more? Because after all, to whom much is given, much is required, and, 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 and believe it or not, you can only buy so many summer homes, so much beachfront property, so many fancy cars to ride around in. Let's think about what we're leaving behind, people. At the end of the day, when when, when when you close your eyes for the final time, and if, and if you've amassed a great fortune, is that what you want your obituary to say, that I amassed a great fortune, but I didn't do anything with it? Much love to Bill and Melinda Gates. They're giving away as much of their fortune as they can. And I got mad respect for that. If more people who did that, more wealthy people who did that, make this world a better place don't you want to leave better foot, foot footprints behind than just the fact that you amassed a great fortune because at the end of the day when you stand in front of the maker he wants to know what you did with your life did you what did you do to make anybody else's life better i'm not saying just give handouts but i mean let's make it easier for our children and what I mean, not, not so much just easier, but let's help them to help themselves. That has always been my thing. Just help. Don't give me anything. Just help me to help myself. Because every, each and everything that I've gotten required or acquired over my lifetime, I have worked for it. And you do feel better when you work for something. You do feel better much much better so let's not forget to look out for our kids let's do something about this high cost of secondary education because it really doesn't need to be this high after all if we can pay athletes entertainers millions of dollars just to play a sport and again i'm not hating on the athletes let's get our priorities in line people serious business let's get our priorities in line and I know a lot of you have been affected by the coronavirus, the, the this pandemic that's going around. But in my lifetime, I've seen like the Legionnaires' disease in the '70s when I was a teenager, uh, Ebola viruses, and even when I was a youngster, you know, I had pneumonia back when when pneumonia was still taking you out of here. And for each of each of these epidemics. We've always managed to come through them. This thing now, where wow, you know, the other day D and I were in the, we went to the drugstore. There, there, there was there were only four bottles of alcohol left on the shelf, and there was a note that said limit two per person. Uh, there were there was no more toilet paper. I mean, it was just completely wiped out, and the thing is. It's kind of simple. This coronavirus is it's just like a flu virus and any other kind of virus. You keep your hands clean, you avoid people who 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 are coughing and carrying on. As a matter of fact, this morning I sprayed all the doorknobs in my house, you know, and like usually, something my mother always did in the winter time when we would leave out for church, uh, she would always have one of us spray every room in the house because it's locked up. Every, every, once a week, she sprayed in the entire house, just Lysol. And it kept down a lot of germs. And it's it's simple common sense, people, you know, cover your mouth when you cough, because I've been out in public where people will just cough right in the air. And I keep a little small tube of Lysol in my bag or in my uniform pocket. And when people do that, I immediately pull it out and I spray right in that vicinity because I don't want your germs and I'm sure you don't want mine. It's very, very simple. I think, you know, we just got caught off guard I think that's what happened. We just simply got caught off guard. But I was watching 60 Minutes last night, and I was watching how the, uh, p- the, the, the people in New York are combating the virus, and they're self-quarantining people, and now they have a drive-up testing center. I mean, I think it's just a, in my opinion, I think it's just a, a heightened case of the flu and we just have to, you know, take just take the necessary precautions. Wash your hands. I mean, be 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 careful about where you go. I mean, and I understand, you know, about closing schools till they can uh, get them adequately disinfected and things like that. But we can't we can't let viruses and sickness. We can't give them the upper hand in our life. We can't get to the point where we're thinking crazy and irrationally. I mean, I, I really believe just like the Ebola virus, just like the flu virus, just like pneumonia, like I said, like Legionnaires disease, we're we're going to find a, a vaccine, we're going to find a cure, but it's just taking care of the just the basic things it's all it's like i said it's just like all changing in your car if you keep up on routine things you kind of avoid the big things people you know and above everything else you got to have faith you got to pray you got to believe that i'm going to be okay you really do and like i said just limit where you're going for the time being and watch the people you're around and if you have elderly family members, make sure when you go around them, you, you, your hands are clean. Don't go around them if you're sick, if you've got the sniffles or anything, because elderly people don't have the resistance that us young people do to fight off viruses. And this is just a personal choice of mine, but I don't do flu shots anymore because the last time I had one, which was about two or three years ago, it did me so bad that I just decided I do not want any more flu shots because uh, my late sister, she took a flu shot and she never really recovered from it. And like I said, I buried her last year in July. So you just got to do what works for you. Seriously, you got to do what works for you. Use use a lot of common sense, not a little, use a lot. Because, you know, sometimes the media does kind of whip things into a frenzy and whatnot. But you just got to, like I said, use your own head. Always use what's working for you. And as we used to say in the Navy, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) <laughs> don't fix it because you know sometimes you'll make a problem worse by, by trying to fix it when sometimes just leave things alone, seriously. But if you are sick, get med- seek medical attention and don't don't pass it on to, to your family members or to your friends. If you're sick, stay at home, don't go to work. And like the schools are doing now, they're, they're they're keeping them closed until they can come up with a solution. But just routine things, people. Routine things and don't get all whipped up in a frenzy because I'm sure the hand sanitizer companies, the toilet paper companies, the alcohol companies, they're really loving this spike in sales. <laughs> they're like, let's keep it going. I wouldn't be surprised if they're paying the media. Here, here's another towel. <laughs> Whip it up a little bit more, you know. But in every in every facet of your life, I guess what I'm trying to say is, we really have to use common sense. That is all, because woo, freaking out about things is not going to help you. Freak, you know. I remember. I never forget when I was in the navy. There was an officer, and he was berating this chief about a mistake he made. And the chief said something that I found very, very, I thought it was cool what he did because he made the guy shut up. He said, okay, you sat here and told me how stupid I am, but do you have a solution for this problem? And if you don't have a solution, please get out of my way so I can come up with one because you're standing here telling me how dumb I am is not helping the solution. And that's and that's the truth, people. Don't beat yourself up in a frenzy because at the end of the day, if you're getting all worked up about things, you're not, you can't think. And I've applied that to my life. I, like I've told you on more than one occasion, you know, you don't get all worked up because at the end of the day, you can't think. I remember how I would just tear up a room when I couldn't find something. Where is it that I just had it? And I tear a room up. And then when I sit down tired from just whipping myself up in a frenzy, I look over and there it will be sitting right in front of me. So I've learned to don't sweat the small stuff, people. Don't sweat the things that you can't control because at the end of the day, it's not helping you. It's like I told you, stressing yourself out, sweating the small things. It's a rocking chair. It's giving you something to do but it's, you're not going anywhere. And when you're done rocking for a while, you're tired. Learn to relax because guess what? The calmer you stay, the more even keel you try to become, the easier your internal parts are working. But when you're stressing, you're taxing your body. And, oh, excuse me, stress can kill you, people. Getting worked up about things can take you out of here. It really can, and it's not worth it, it's, it's not worth it, because nine times out of the 10, the problem that you, you're just all lathered in the frenzy about usually has an easy solution, usually has a very, very easy solution. My dad, my late father, was a mechanic, and I'll never forget, he was trying his hardest to, to, to get this part loose. And he got so frustrated, and he went and talked to another one of his mechanic friends, and he said, Richard, just do A, B, and C. And it was so simple, but he had gotten himself worked up. when it. it and the thing of it is, when he did A, B, and C, he said, I thought about doing that. <laughs> so what I'm trying to say is there's always a solution. Just don't make the problem worse than what it is because there there is always a solution. You know, we we sit up, we get all bent out of shape and it's really for naught. It, it is really for naught. You know, I really try to stay as calm as possible. I, I, I really do because... At the end of the day, something's going to work out. Things always do. You know, we got to just, we got to sometimes step back and just breathe, you know, just take a deep breath. And at the end of the day, sometimes you got to say, screw it, the heck with it. You know, I'm just not going to beat myself up about something. And when you're not thinking about that problem, that's when you come up with a solution. Sometimes when I can't find something, I'll tell D in a minute, don't worry about it, baby, because when I'm not thinking about it and when I'm looking for something else, that's when I'll find what I'm looking for. And at the end of the day, that's usually how it works because, whew, I guess I've developed this, this, this mindset because once you reach 50... You start learning a lot of things that you thought were just so just important, like I got to do it like right now. You realize it's not. You you, you realize the, the in crowd that you were trying to hang out with, the people that you always thought were cool, you sit back and you look at them and you realize, you know, that guy, that girl, when it all boils down, they're an alpha hotel, you know. Things aren't always what they seem. And like I, I tell my kids, the kids that are looking at you, mocking you because you've got the courage to be who you choose to be. Because I've always taught my children, dare to be different. The easiest thing to do is be like everybody else. That takes no thought. You know, I tell them, I say, they're marveling at you that you have the courage to be polite and to be decent and kind. You know, I remember this one lady, I took to breakfast and uh, when she realized that I wasn't about to be her sugar daddy, she suddenly lost interest in me. And I told her this, don't get it twisted. I can be as ghetto as the next brother out here. I said, all I gotta do is, 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 is drop my pants below my, my, my posterior end and look like I got to use the bathroom and can't find one. I said, that's too easy to do. I said, but don't get it twisted because I try to be decent. I'm not, I'm not DuPont Stain Master Carpet. I'm not about to let you walk all over me. No, we don't do that. You know what I'm saying? We don't do that. And you have to have boundaries. You got to let people know because people do, unfortunately, mistake kindness for weakness. But believe it or not, we're some of the most courageous people in this world because ignorance today seems to be at a premium. You know, and no, 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 no. Don't let this smile fool you. (laughs) Don't let this gregarious, outgoing attitude fool you. You know, my late brother, Richard used to always say, if you see a dragon sleeping, leave him alone, because if you wake him up, he's either going to burn you or bite you. And that's something else we got to learn to do. People don't leave people alone. Don't bother people if they're not bothering you. There's something else I've always told my children. You might be the match that lights the fuse that sets, sets somebody off because everybody has problems. Everybody wakes up with something that's not right. Leave people alone. This world would be a better place. My late mother used to always say, you'll live a long time if you just simply mind your own business. And that's the truth. That's the truth. You know, don't 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 join the bandwagon and pick on people. Because unfortunately, a lot of kids that go to these schools and shoot the place up, they were bullied. They got tired, you know what I'm saying? And, and, it, and not saying that I condone what they did, because I didn't, I don't. Because I was, I was picked on unmercifully, but you know what it taught me? I said, when I become an adult, I'm not gonna live like this. I'm gonna have the life that I want. And believe it or not, I see a lot of the people That made my life unbearable when I was in middle school and what have you. And you know what's so beautiful? I can look at them. I can smile. How you doing? As a matter of fact, I've told a couple of them. I say, you know, the next time I see you, I hope my children are with me so they can tell you thank you. Because I was determined to take good care of my children because I didn't want my children to go through what you and your clique put me through. And the thing of it is, you don't know a person's story. You might see a person in all their glory, but you don't know their story. You don't know what it took for them to get where they're at. You know, people, you, you know, you see people living well, doing nicely. You don't understand the sacrifices that they've put in to, to get where they are at in their life. You may see them and you may want to hate on them. But you don't you don't know that story, you know what I'm saying? And nine times out of ten, if you're focused on taking care of the things that you need to take care of, you don't have time, nor the inclination to even care what someone else is doing. That's how I look at it, you know. After working 26 years, 12-hour shifts, and then last year, going to school while working. When I had downtime, the last thing I was thinking about or caring about was what someone else was doing. Because at the end of the day, I was working towards fulfilling my dream. And each and every time I come to you, that's exactly what I'm doing. I am fulfilling my dream. And that's why I always tell my two children, work hard. Because if you want to live your dream, you can. You know, and I, I started chasing my dream in my late fifties. And guess what? It was hard, but it's so rewarding for me. And there are many mornings when I don't wanna want get up and come in here to do this, but guess what? I worked hard. And then I would be mad at myself if I didn't do it. Because as I always say, and it's the truth, a winner does what he has to do. A loser does what they wanna do. And that's, that's, that's butter, that's, that's fact, that's, that's real life, y'all. That is real life. Well, I've ran my mouth enough for today. As always, thank you for listening. I'd like to say thank you to Chris McKeegan, my sound brother, he keeps me together and keeps me where you guys can hear me. As always, much love to Miss D Williams, my future wife, the lady in my life, and to my children, Jay Jones II, and Natalia Desiree Jones, like I always say, work hard, cause daddy's living his dream, and you can do the same thing. Hard work don't kill you, it just makes it where you can afford everything you need to relax and be comfortable. And like I said, people, hit me up on my Mr. J page, and tell me what you think we can do to lower the high cost of education for our children. Because believe me, people, if we don't invest in our future, it's just like a bank. You can't get nothing out unless you put some in. Shout out to Bishop Eric Kincaid Clark and his first lady, Pastor Lenore Clark of the Body of Christ Assembly. Shout out to Pastor Wilma Robinson of the Nottingham United Methodist Church. Shout out to Bishop Jack Spencer and his wife, Missionary Rachelle Spencer, and to Elder Daniel Spencer and First Lady Jazz Spencer of the Pilgrim Temple Church. Thank you guys, one and all, because you're the inspiration behind Life 101. Until next week, take care, people. Love on one another, and I wish you peace. Peace.